0: and laughs theater of the mind the best love programs from radio's golden age only on zoomer radio now here is your master storyteller frank proctor well thank you and welcome to the show two lengthy shows tonight so i'll just take a seat in the comfy old leather chair at the back of the studio here and Listen in along with you as we visit with Richard Diamond, private detective. Here's another in NBC's great parade of new shows. <laughs> Now, Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective.
1: Hello there, this is Diamond. You know, if you've ever got a few idle minutes and you need a good chuckle to keep you going, just turn to the personals in any of the local papers. Now, I'm a guy with a strange sense of humor, and it really takes something right out of left field to get a spasm out of my funny bone. Well, just listen to this one out of the Little Rock Bugle. Oh, yeah. Bachelor, sincere young man, 4 feet 10, 190 pounds, handsome, out of work for a year, desires to meet woman who can straighten him out. <laughs> See what I mean? If this guy does find a woman who can straighten him out, she'll probably do it with a flat iron. Oh, and, uh, and get this one. Young man with large personality desires to meet woman with big bank account and small sense of humor. Object, murder. Oh, excuse me, that's merger. Oh, and here's a real wizard. Attractive, intelligent girl, 30 years old with bubbling enthusiasm for life, neither smokes, drinks, nor stays up late, vegetarian and hates comic books, would like playmate who enjoys active recreation. Hmm. There'll be a month of fasting after that one. Oh, yeah, I knew I had something else. That case I got mixed up in last week. If you think those personals are silly, will you hear about this. It all started about 11 o'clock one morning in my office.
2: Mr. Richard Diamond, private detective.
1: Uh, I was out with a hula dancer last night. Wait, I'll look in the mirror and tell you. Come on in so you can see, too. <coughs> my name is Jerome J. Jerome. Well, I'm not going to ask you what the J stands for. You are Mr.
2: Diamond, aren't
1: you? It's my face all right, but I'm sure the rest of me is on vacation. Don't you feel well? I don't feel at all. Ever danced the hula for six hours straight? I'm a past master of all forms of dancing. Care Walsh. waltz? What? Forget it. What can I do for you, Mr.
2: Jerome? It's not what you can do for me, Mr. Diamond. It's what I can do for you. Well, that's a
1: switch, but let's give it a whirl. What can you do for me, Mr. Jerome?
2: I'm a millionaire, Mr. Diamond.
1: Well, bless your little pointed head.
2: <laughs> I'm also a G-man.
1: I knew this would jump the track sooner or later. Tell me, if you're a G-man and a millionaire, where do you work? The U.S. Mint? I write songs, too.
2: Uh, by the light of the silvery moon, I Mr. Want to... Mr. Jerome.
1: Yes? Did you like it? You didn't by any chance write Swanee River?
2: No, I believe Stephen Foster wrote that.
1: You don't say?
2: Yes, he stole the melody from me.
1: I think we'd better waltz after all. Oh, Mr. Diamond, that's ridiculous. I'm glad somebody noticed.
2: But you take a good zippy fox
1: trot now. Oh, now, wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Oh, you follow beautifully. I went to Vassar. Now, slow down before I pick you up and stuff you into a bottle. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, now, would you mind telling me how long you've been hiding out with the squirrels? Squirrels? Oh, I have a mink farm. You should do well. Look, Mr. Jerome, I think maybe you better go soak yourself in some hot tar or something.
2: I came here to do you a favor, Mr. Diamond, and I do not intend to leave until you hear me out.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, what is it?
2: You need a bodyguard.
1: Operator, give me Bellevue.
2: Mr. Diamond, please, there's no need to call Bellevue. Oh, stop being so narrow-minded. They'll give you a nice, quiet room, all by a little old lonesome. Well, go ahead and call them if you want to, but it will do you no good. Why not? They'll just think you're crazy. I'm on the staff there.
1: Oh, yes. I should have known.
2: I think you're making fun of me. I came up here because I knew of your reputation as a detective, and I want to help you with your work. You you get in trouble, don't you, all the time? Uh, habitually. Well, I want to protect you. Now, that's
1: nice, but I really don't need a
2: bodyguard. Hmm... Early stages of schizophrenia, also a slight persecution complex. Have you seen a good psychiatrist, Mr. Diamond? It's
1: certainly a thought. Well, when do I start work? Well, you see, it's like this. I'm awfully sorry, but I have my own nutcracker. Oh, no, no, no. I mean as your bodyguard. I'm afraid the requirements are too tough. What are they? Well, first you have to find a freshly murdered corpse. It's kind of like a treasure
2: hunt. Oh, I've got that. You got what? A freshly murdered corpse. That's one of the reasons I came up to see you. I thought you'd like to know.
1: Oh, well, now, I'll tell you what you do. You go back and see if the corpse is still there. If it is, call me at once, okay? All righty, I'm off. Amen.
2: Uh, Mr. Diamond? Yes? Remember, puffing hot toads have no hair. Oh, no. Mr. Diamond? Huh? Oh. I thought you'd better know something. I can only be your bodyguard for a week. (laughs) I'm getting married.
1: Congratulations. Who's the lucky girl? It's Miss America
2: but don't breathe it around. I want time to check her measurements.
1: I'll send you a fruitcake.
2: Just bring it in. You're invited. Goodbye.
1: Diamonds Rest Home. We specialize in nervous disorders, ingrown scalps, and the world's largest bowling alley.
3: (laughs) Oh, don't laugh.
1: If you'd seen what just walked out of here, you'd go back to yo-yos.
3: Well, what did
4: just walk out of there?
1: I'm not sure, but he had lovely blonde hair. He... Yeah, all over him.
4: Rick, what in the world are you talking about?
1: I'm talking about nothing in the world.
3: Come on, tell Helen. Well,
1: I've got to get it all straight first. If I figure it out, I'll come over and we can throw sesame seeds at each other.
3: Oh, I'd love to.
0: When will you be here?
1: As soon as I shine up my elk's tooth and lock the office. Bye. Well, I usually get some screwy ones, but this one was the topper of the season. I had a hunch that Jerome would be back, so I locked the office and did a quick sneak down the back stairs. I grabbed a cab, and ten minutes later, I was sitting in Helen Ash's study at 975 Park Avenue.
4: Do you think his story about the body had any truth behind it?
1: Well, he told me he was a millionaire, a G-man, owned a mink farm, and was going to marry Miss America. <sighs> now, tell me you think there's some truth behind it, and I'll have you committed.
4: Well, all right, but if he continues to pester you, you you ought to call the authorities about him.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll have to.
4: Poor little man. Mm.
1: It's a poor little man like that who ends up hanging his grandmother on a meat hook.
4: Oh, he doesn't sound dangerous to me. Ah,
1: sometimes the harmless ones work themselves right into a storm. Now, take me. You'd never guess that somewhere in the back of my head a square knot is being tied.
4: now not that.
1: See? You didn't know it, but at high noon, I grow fangs and long claws. Now,
4: stop it. You do that every time a good-looking girl walks
3: past... Rick! (laughs) 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 You complete (laughs) 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 idiot.
4: Rick, the phone's ringing.
1: Oh, I hope it's happy.
4: It might be something important. (laughs) Oh... Rick, you're my hair. Um, no, no, stop that and
1: answer the phone. Oh, no, you woman are a fiend. Uh, Harold Applenocker's happy home for hog. Who is this? What's the matter with you all? Ain't you got your ear trumpet tip right? I know it's you, Diamond. No, it ain't. This is old Harold Applenocker. I'll let you talk to my gal, Lulabelle. Say hello to the lieutenant, Lulabelle. Howdy. Now, oh, Diamond, you
5: stop that. I just got back from my vacation, and things are already so confused I may turn in my badge before the day is over.
1: Well, come on down to the hog ranch, and I'll cook you up some hocks. Now,
5: come on, Diamond. I'm not in the mood for any of your wild humor.
1: Oh, what's the matter with you, Walt? Did you catch any fish?
5: Oh, wait till I tell you. I got one that was so big... Is
1: that why you called me?
5: Huh? Oh, oh, no. Some guy's been pestering me for the last half an hour. Wants to know where you are. Says he's an old friend.
1: Oh, his name wasn't Jerome J. Jerome, was it?
5: That was the first name he gave me. The last time he called, he said he was a G-man. That's Jerome. Want me to tell him where you are?
1: You do it, I'll handcuff you to Sergeant Otis.
5: Oh, don't say that name to me ever again.
1: Why, Walt, you sound bitter. That
5: hornet head worked nights just messing things up in homicide. Lieutenant Walter was taking calcium shots. The chief has locked himself in his office. Won't even open the door for food.
1: Well, if Jerome calls again, tell him I've joined the South Siberian Balloon Corps. Now, wait a minute.
5: Well, what do you want now, bonehead? Uh, It's that Jerome guy. He wants Diamond again. Says he found the body right where he left it. What? Diamond!
1: Now, you wait a minute, Walt.
5: What are you doing?
1: Oh, picking up my eardrum. You better watch that yelling. You'll have an office full of hogs.
5: Keep Otis out of this. And I'll yell if I want to. Now, you get down here and explain about this body.
1: Walt, I don't know anything about the body. The Jerome guy is off his trolley.
5: Yeah? Well, if there's the smallest possibility of a corpse turning up and you're involved, it'll turn up.
1: Walt, you say it, but you don't mean it.
5: I don't, huh? You get down here in ten minutes, or I'll have a warrant out for you, and I mean that. Now, step on it. by heaven, I'll forget modern police procedure and drag out the rubber hose.
1: Why don't you use Sergeant Otis's tongue? You could beat an elephant to death with it.
5: I'm not kidding. I've heard two words, diamond and body. and That means overtime in this department. Now, get down here.
1: All right, but you're mean.
5: Oh, and diamond. Yes? Pick me up some bicarbonate on the way over, will you?
1: I'll get you something. But don't spill it on your car. It'll take the paint off. Bye.
4: Rick, what
1: was that all about? Oh, Levinson's got heartburn again. That nut that wandered into my office told Otis about the body he says he's found.
4: Oh, Walt didn't believe him,
1: did he? Walt's been a cynic ever since we were introduced. I'll see you later this evening, honey. All right, Rick. Yeah. What do you want to do? Well, then... Um, what? What you
3: said. <laughs>
1: had a mental picture of Walt eating his way through his desk, so I got some bicarbonate at the drugstore and hurried over before he got to the wiring and shorted out the whole department. As usual, the king of the forest met me in the squad room. Well, you're in that shamus. I guess you're right, Sergeant Otis. How about lending me your wooden shoes? Oh, uh, what do you mean, wise guy? They ain't wood. And why do you use a crowbar instead of a shoehorn? Yeah, very funny. You better go on in. Lieutenant's liable to start breaking things. I hope he doesn't use his bare hands.
3: Yeah?
5: Why?
1: Well, your head's liable to get in the way, and you'll be crippled for life. Uh. All right, Walt. Stop chewing on that desk. Here's your bicarbonate. What are you talking about? Now you listen to me, Diamond. That's like telling a man to turn up his hearing aid in a bombing. You can stop being cute. That guy, Jerome,
5: J. Jerome, phoned just before you came in, and he sticks to his story about the body, but he won't tell us where he is. You don't really believe him, do you, Walt? He's
1: nuts. Well, he
5: did say something about playing quarterback for Notre Dame,
1: but if you're mixed up in this, I can't take any chances. Oh, don't be an idiot, Walt. This little guy, Jerome, came waltzing into my office this morning and...
3: Lieutenant.
1: Oh, what is it?
5: Uh, that guy Jerome's on the phone again. He wants to talk to Diamond.
1: Rick, pick up that phone and find out about that body. Oh, now, come on, Walt. You can use the extension in here. Go on. I promise you, you'll be sorry. You pick it up and say hello. Not to this guy, you won't. You'll come back with hopping hop-toads have no hair or something. Hello, Jerome.
3: Oh,
2: Mr. Diamond. Good, 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 good. I've been trying to get you for some time. The body's here, all right.
1: Where, Jerome?
2: Anyone here?
1: No, Jerome.
2: Well, I thought maybe they had the line tapped. They do that, you know.
1: Yes, Jerome. Now, where are you?
2: I'm at the Osterham Place. And if you don't want this corpse, I'm calling in Hawthorne of the Death Squad.
1: Jerome, please. Now, where are you?
2: The Osterham Place on 74th Street.
1: I'll be right over. Don't let the corpse get away.
2: Oh, it won't. I'm sitting on it.
1: Oh. Well... Did you find out where he is? Oh, he said the Osterham Place on 74th Street. What the devil's that? The Osterham Place? That's old man Osterham's home. You know, the eccentric old millionaire that died last year? Oh, how did Jerome get in? It's been turned into kind of a museum. The old boy had quite a collection of rare antiques. and When he died, he left the house to the city as sort of a show place. You mean it's open to the public? Yeah. Well, let's go. Jerome's probably found a mummy for us. (laughs) On the way over, I told Walt about Jerome's sweet little visit in my office, and the lieutenant was all for stopping off for a straitjacket. When we got there, we looked out of the squad car at an old three-story brownstone. But more interesting was the sign that hung from the door. Closed Saturdays. And you guessed it. It was Saturday. We got out of the car and went up. Well, don't just stand there. Try the door. I'm with you. Got an axe? Ring the bell. If Jerome's in there, he'll probably answer. Oh, anything to make the police force happy.
2: Mr. Diamond.
1: What is that? That is Jerome over in the window.
2: You will have to climb in here.
1: Come on, Walt. We can't do that.
2: Who's that with you, Diamond?
1: Oh, this is Lonely Levinson, Jerome. He collects bodies.
2: Oh, good. He'll just love this one. Climb in.
1: Coming on? Oh, go ahead. If there's a corpse in there, it's in the line of duty. I'll give you a boost. I can make it. Watch you read old fair You shut up. There. All
5: right, Red Heart, you're next.
2: Up, up, and away. Oh, I'm glad to see you both. I was getting tired of sitting around with her. The conversation was so one-sided. Sitting around with who? Her.
3: Rick.
1: Yeah. Do I
2: qualify, Mr. Diamond?
1: Hmm, young girl. Been dead quite a while. Uh, uh, Jerome? Yes, boss. Oh, oh, Ricky, how you found her? Well,
2: this room is supposed to be sealed up. Sealed up? Yes, the building is a museum. Uh, Not a very good one. I have much better things in my apartment.
1: Uh Uh-oh, we're losing him. Uh, Uh, Jerome, how you found her?
2: Oh, 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 oh. Well, when the building is open to the public, they take you on tours. When we passed this room, we noticed it was sealed. I asked why, and the guard said it was because the late Mr. Osterham had stipulated in his will that the rest of the house could be shown but not this room. It was his private study, and he said if he ever wanted to come back, he didn't want a lot of people cluttering it up.
1: Uh, who broke it in?
2: I did. You did? Don't they have burglar alarms in this museum? Mr. Diamond, Lonely Levinson has an extreme case of supersensitivity. Does he always snap like that?
1: Only when he hasn't been fed. Why did you break in?
2: You should be careful, Mr. Lonely Levinson. You bite someone. Have you been checked for rabies? Now you listen to me. Walt,
1: Walt, Walt. Uh, uh, Jerome, why did you break
2: in? Well, it's perfectly obvious. When the guard told me the story, I played along with him. Of course, I knew it was just a trick to throw me off. Of course. Would you mind turning your head? It's much better if you just chew on that curtain. Well, I, I waited until they closed the place. Then I came back, jimmied this window, and found the body. Then I came to you, Mr. Diamond. (laughs) Simple?
1: Oh, sure. Rick, what are you doing? Oh, just looking at the dead girl. Come here. Ah, you find something? Yeah, Got on an anklet. Name is, uh... uh, Strike a match, will you? Wait a minute. There. Oh, Adelaide. Looks like she's been dead quite a while. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, Jerome, when you found... Hey, Jerome! What? He's gone. Oh, we're a couple of swell sleuths. He's not out on the street. Must have climbed out and run for it. I'll send out a general on him. Yeah, I would if I were you. A guy like that shouldn't be running around loose. He's allowed to wind up on Stromboli. (laughs) Well, Walt put out a general alarm on Jerome and then called in the rest of the experts to give him the dope on the dead girl. I didn't wait around because I had a hunch that Jerome would find me again. I was right. Because at that moment, he was sitting in my office behind my desk.
2: Diamond Detective Agency. Rick. Who is this?
4: Oh, now, stop clowning. This is Helen.
2: Never heard of you. Why don't you dames leave me alone? (laughs) Uh, By the light of the silvery moon. I guess I'll have to write some new lyrics. Oh, dear.
5: Yes, what is it? Well, you sure got there in a hurry. Who is this? Now you stop that, Diamond. You know very well who this is. What do you want, stupid? Stupid? Yeah, it rhymes with cupid. Could do a song on it.
2: Like to hear my latest? I've been working on the railroad all the livelong day. What kind of a song do you suppose I could write with stupid and cupid? Dear? Oh, hello, Mister Diamond. Hey, what's going on?
1: Well, hello, Jerome. Taking my calls for me? Yes, and wait till you hear the
2: pixie I've got on the line.
3: <laughs> Here. Ah, uh,
1: thanks. Hello, Walt. Rick? Yeah, you were talking to Jerome. I just came in. I might have known it. Don't let him out of your sight. Uh, Of course not. Now, uh, what did you find out?
5: Oh, oh, yeah. The dead girl is one Adelaide Smith. Had a record. Blackmail artist. Been dead about three days. Working for a Patrick Mahaffey attorney on Pine Street. She was strangled.
1: Mm, Blackmail artist, huh?
5: Very smooth, or used to be.
1: Any line on Mahaffey's background?
5: We're checking into that now.
1: Well, find out one thing more for me, will you? If I can, what? Uh, when that museum was open to the public, that's easy. I'll call you back. Hold on to that Jerome guy. Oh sure, sure. Oh, uh, Walt. Yeah. Jerome's gone again. What? Bye. <laughs> Sorry to bust in, but you seem to be missing your secretary. Come in, come in. My secretary just walked out the other day. I haven't had time to get another from the agency. Are you uh, Patrick Mahaffey? Yes. What can I do for you? Uh, Was your secretary's name Adelaide Smith? Why, yes. How did you know? From the police. They just put a tag on her down at the morgue. Good Lord. She... She isn't. She certainly is. The morgue is very choosy about its tenants. Oh, that's
0: terrible. What was it, an accident?
1: Well, if it was, the insurance companies are going to have to set up a new system. She was strangled.
0: Oh, how horrible. Uh, yes.
1: You, uh, you're an attorney, aren't you, Mr. Mahaffey? Why, yes. Are are you from the police? I just left them. What kind of an attorney? Why, just general law. Ever do anything you could be blackmailed for? What? Why, why, of course not. Ever have any business with the Osterham Estate? No. No, I never handled any of the Osterham business. Why? Oh, uh, oh, nothing. I'll see you later, Mr. Mahaffey. Homicide, Lieutenant Levinson. Walt Diamond, what did you find out about Mahaffey?
5: Rick, there's something fishy.
1: You've got to stop going to these cheap restaurants. Oh, be serious. That Mahaffey guy was executor for the Osterham estate. What?
5: Yeah, funny coincidence.
1: Coincidence my shoulder holster? I just left him and he told me he'd never even heard of the Osterham estate. Now
5: why would he do that? He's certainly smart enough to know we could check.
1: Maybe he wanted time enough to skip.
5: You think he's mixed up in the killing? Oh.
1: Did you find out when the museum was open to the public?
5: Yeah, the city completed the alterations two days ago. And if it means anything to you, that room was sealed up on the last day.
1: Oh, thanks, Walt. And
5: something else. We checked in the dead girl's bank account. She had twenty two thousand in it. A lot for
1: a secretary, huh? Yeah, but not too much for a high class blackmailer. Do one more thing for me, Walt. Find out if Osterham had any heirs. What good will that do? I want to find out just how many people would know about that sealed room before the public got wind of it. Okay, I'll have Mahaffey picked up right away. No, no, no. Don't do it yet. I want ten minutes with him. Where's his house?
5: I got it right here. 93rd Street, West End Avenue. But I don't see why you won't let me grab Mahaffey. We know he's lying.
1: You just check on that will. I'm going to throw you a killer. (laughs) I left the phone booth and headed for West End Avenue and Patrick Mahaffey's residence. Strangely enough, it was on the west side of town. And when I got there, I spotted a green sedan in front of the house. I started up to the front door and Mahaffey met me halfway. He had a suitcase and he was in a hurry. Oh, it's you. Uh, your memory's getting better. Come on, you don't want to leave right now? Let's go back inside. But I have to catch a plane. I'm leaving town on business. Oh, I'll bet you are. Let's go. Now, wait just a minute. You have no legal right. Do I have to show you my biceps? Uh well,
0: all right. But make it brief. I'm late as it is. Now, just what is this all about?
1: I thought you said you didn't have any business with the Osterham Estate. Why, that's right. I checked. Oh. hmm. Just exactly what was your capacity? Well, I, uh... I handled the incomes on the trust account. I was also the executor of the will. You wouldn't be handling it now, would you? When Mr. Osterham died and I executed his will, my job was done. Were there any heirs? Two. Neither of them were able to hear the reading. Who did hear it? Just an official from the city. Why weren't the heirs present? Because one of them couldn't be found. The other one was in a kennel. In a kennel? A cocker spaniel. He received $10,000. Oh. I bet he rolled right over on his back. Who was the other heir? Mr. Osterham's nephew. He hasn't been heard from in ten years. He went to France to study hat designing, but hat jobs were very scarce, so he just vanished. He was rather eccentric. Oh. Now we come to the jackpot question. What you got in the bag? What? You look a little green. Open it up. Now, look, you can't do this to me. It's against the law. Where's your warrant? I got a fistful of them. See? Oh. All right. There. Dump it out. But I've got to catch a plane if I dump all dump this it out. Well, well, well. Yes. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Sure is. Isn't it lovely? Well, I'm glad you like it.
0: Go ahead. Take half.
1: I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Why not? Because I'll hate myself for the next two years. Put it back in the bag and let's go. But I'm offering you $100,000. You must be a fool. Oh, this is a very elementary deduction. Come on. You can figure it out in Sing Sing. I don't think so. You should have looked in my pocket, too. Oh. I hope that's an old pipe you're pointing at I hate to disappoint you. It's a 38. Now you're turning green. Now you better answer it. That's the police and they know I'm here. All right, but you say one thing wrong and I'll have to shut you up permanently. Yes? Is Diamond there? Yes. Let me talk to him. All right. You were right. It's for you. Go ahead. Talk to him. But I warn you again. Hello? I'm getting tired of dialing. Everything all right? Just dandy. What did you find out?
5: There were two airs and get this. One of them was a...
1: Cocker Spaniel.
5: Yeah, how did you know? What else? That guy, Mahaffey, a crook. We checked and found out that there's only about 10,000 left in the trust fund. The bank says Mahaffey had power of attorney, and he'd drawn out about 200,000. You got him there with you?
1: Yeah, but it's all in the way you look at it. Oh, it's like that, huh? See if you can stall him. There ought to be a prowl car nearby. Goodbye, Walt. Did you get the information you wanted? Yeah, you killed the girl. Probably because she found out you were dipping into the till. You paid her 10000 and got her over to the museum and strangled her. I took the money, yes. But you're just guessing about the murder. Uh-uh. No one else but you knew about the closed room until after it was sealed and the public was told. The girl was killed the day before the room was sealed. You figured she'd never be found, but a little guy named Jerome J. Jerome went in and found the body. And if I'm right, little Jerome is really the missing heir. Impossible. Wasn't the museum rigged with a burglar alarm? yes. Well, we found Jerome inside and the window open. He'd climbed in, but the alarm hadn't gone off. Simple. A member of the family might still have a key. He found the alarm and disconnected. I don't believe it.
2: But you must, Mr. Mahaffey.
1: What? No, it can't be.
2: Oh. Well, (laughs) you really throw a beautiful left jab, Mr. Diamond. Oh,
1: thanks for turning his head, Jerome. Now, would you mind telling me something just to sort of clear things up a little?
2: You mean, am I really cracked? No. Like Mr. Mahaffey said uh, Just a little <laughs> eccentric You see, I found out the money was missing So I looked up the girl She told me for $20,000 she would show me the thief She told me to meet her at the museum that night And the thief would be there When I got there, she was dead Well, I knew I couldn't solve the case myself And if anyone found out who I really was I might be held So I became Jerome J. Jerome And hired Richard Diamond Correction, I was not hired Correction again You'll receive a very substantial check as soon as the estate is settled. And thank you. Thank you. Oh, you might do me one more favor. If you know anyone who would like to buy a hat,
1: I have got some dillies. I'll speak to Hedda Hopper in the morning. Mm-hmm, yeah.
4: Well, it it's lovely, but...
1: But you don't like it?
4: Well, yes. Uh,
1: well, what's the matter?
4: I don't know what it is.
1: You don't know what it is? It's a hat. A hat? Certainly. Here, here, give it to me. Now, look, you put it on this way, see? <laughs> now,
3: what are you laughing at?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. I might even do a Hildegard if I got the right bookings. A pair of long gloves. <laughs> All so did my heart sings <laughs> When I remember little things The way you
3: Rick,
4: used not to... Rick, stop
1: it. I will not. I may have found a way to make a million. You're just jealous, that's all. I've got the hat and I'm pretty.
4: Just sing a song. And finish it for a
1: change. Oh, I'd love to. I don't know from nothing, baby All I know is I love you I don't care for nothing, baby. If I knew you cared for me too, so won't you make your mind up, baby? Tell me that you love me, please do. For I don't know from nothing, baby. All I know is I love you. We've got a sponsor. All I know is I love you. Well, there you are. I finished it. Are you happy?
4: Oh, yes. But where did the band come from? Did you like it? (laughs) Yes, it was great. Well,
1: if it's great, don't ask questions.
4: Uh, Thank you, Vaughn Monroe. Uh,
1: Honey, the name is Diamond.
4: Oh, Mr. Monroe, I just love your record.
1: No, no, baby, the name is Diamond. Mr.
4: Monroe, ever since the first time I heard you sing, I've, I've... Come here. I want to tell you something.
1: Racing with the moon, sailing through the midnight
3: blue.
0: You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg. Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Joseph Kearns, and Stanley Waxman. Music was under the direction of Frank Wirth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Richard Sandville. Dick Powell soon
6: will be seen in the current screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is John Storm inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week, when we will again bring you Dick Powell as
0: Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Lights Out,
6: everybody. This is the witching hour. It is the hour when dogs howl and evil is let loose on a sleeping world. Sit in the dark now and listen to Lights Out.
4: But, Mr. Saladin, is it true?
6: True? What makes the thing true, Irene? Because you believe in it? Or because a million others believe in it? Or, I can tell you this. The penal code of Haiti contains a section promising death to any who create zombies. And if the sober lawmakers of the country believe enough of it to put it into their books of law, well. then?
4: But it's impossible to raise the dead, Mr. Saladin. Impossible?
6: I wonder... The folklore of every country is full of tales of bringing the dead back to life. Bringing them back to serve the living. There are tales of vampires, ghosts, werewolves. But they're superstitions. Surely you don't... Who am I, my dear Irene, to say where truth ends and superstition begins?
4: I'd like to know some more about zombies.
6: I've told you all that is known of them. How they are living, yet not living, dead. How they are summoned from the grave by the black magic of some sorcerer. How they must do his bidding until he wearies of them. But
4: must these poor dead people... Well, I mean, isn't there ever any rest for them?
6: Can't they... Will they not die again? Yes, there is a way. Zombies eat, you know, even as human beings do. But only when they are fed. They will not seek food for themselves. And if they eat salt... If anything containing salt so much as passes a zombie's lips, then he must return forthwith to his grave.
4: Oh, but Mr.
3: Sellers! That's the tale,
6: Irene. I do not make it up. But... Look, you. These creatures of the darkness, these unholy beings of superstition, they must obey laws. Nature has its laws, so there are laws of the supernatural. Immutable laws that all its creatures must obey, even as we creatures of nature must obey ours. You speak of superstition. But superstition is just belief. Ah, huh? it is so. But we have been taught only in recent years to believe in certain things that science has learned. The germ theory of disease, for example.
4: But that's true, Mr. Saladin. Perhaps,
6: yes. I do not deny it. There is ample proof. There is also ample proof of the existence of supernatural beings. If one will take the trouble to look for them. Not proof. Proof, indeed. But, hmm, it appears we have a visitor, I
4: think. Yes, sir. I'll see who it is, Mr. Saladin. Mr. Joseph Warner, president of Acne Airlines, Mr. Saladine.
6: So? Show him in then, please.
4: Yes, sir. Mr. Saladin will see
6: you, Mr. Warner. Thank you. Good morning to you, Mr. Warner. Yes, Aladdin. Saladin. Yes. You're some kind of detective. Some people have been, shall I say, kind enough to describe me as an investigator. I hear that you're good. Thank you. Won't you sit down? Hmm. And so you have come to consult me about the recent wrecks of your airplanes, Mr. Warner. How did it? He... Oh, yes, the newspapers, of course. Well, that's right, Mr. Saladin. So? You read about that one yesterday? Yes. Fourteen killed, including the crew of three. Absolutely no explanation for it. Except what you know, Mr. Warner. What? I said except what you know about it. What do you mean? You my... would not have come to me, Mr. Warner, unless... Well, suppose you explain. I'd like to know how you knew that. It is my business, sir. Uh, Yes, Irene? Uh, the
4: window washer, Mr. Saladin. Can he come through your office?
6: Very well. One moment, Mr. Warner. Uh, excuse <laughs> it, please. I've got to get the window
3: washer.
6: <clears throat> <clears throat> that is a job I would not like very well, I'm afraid, Mr. Warner. But to your business. You uh, received a warning? Hmm? Uh, yes, I received it. A... How did you know that? I have some knowledge of the ways in which Dr. Ehrlich works, Mr. Warner. Ehrlich, that's thats the name. I was rather certain. You may read the letter. It was a letter, I assume. Uh, yes, there were two of them. The first one a week ago. It said, this Dr. Ehrlich had need of $100,000. And the letter warned if I didn't come across, one of our ships would be wrecked. And you assume this was a... Uh... What does one say? A crank letter and did nothing about it. That's right. We get a lot of fool letters. And because you took that attitude, fourteen people are dead. Horribly dead. Yes. You said there were two letters. Yes. Here's the other one. Mm-hmm. Today the tornado. Take warning. And Alec's signature. The tornado was the name of the airplane that crashed. Yes, John Elliott was piloting it. The oldest, safest pilot on the line. I can't understand it. I can, Mr. Warner? You can. Tell me, when did you receive this letter? About five minutes before the flash came that the tornado had crashed. He timed it very well. Uh, yes, I... Did you make any effort to trace this letter? No, Why? I... Well, there was so much excitement around the office, Of I... course. And so what do you wish me to do? I haven't given this to the police, Mr. Saladin... I... we well, the publicity, you know. People would think it's easy to smash one of our airliners. You understand? Yes. You wish me to find Alec, to... What you do with him, Mr. Saladine, is no concern of mine, provided no more such things occur. Mr. Warner, I know Alec of old. His life is forfeit a thousand times over. But he... you yourselves have an old proverb. First catch your rabbit. You catch him, Saladine it'll be worth your while. Yes. Yes, it will be very much worth my while, my friend. Can you get to work at once, Mr. Saladin? I, well, you can understand. We're, uh, upset. I understand. I promise nothing, Mr. Warner. Except that I will try. No man may do more. Oh, that's all that I can ask. You'll go after him, then? It is agreed. Good. You, uh, have a cigar, but... What's this? Uh... Let me see that. Uh, let me see it. How the devil did that get in my pocket? Ah. Huh. Say it yourself, Mr. Warner. Oh, yes. Sir. You have been very foolish to go to Saladin. Now, your fate is sealed. I will destroy your airplanes one by one. And when the time comes, yourself. I have fought with Saladin before... He well knows. This time is the last, Eric. So, my friend, you've brought upon yourself. He knows. How, how could he? Down, down on the floor, quick! Score one for Saladin, I think. But what, what? Our delightful friend, the window washer. I just caught sight of... Let us see what has happened. Good Lord, Saladin, you A crowd gathers in the street below. Morbid gazers on sudden
4: death. Well, we to Saladin.
6: Thank you, Irene. If you are ready.
4: You. You won't. Hurt me, Mr. Saladine.
6: I give you my word,
4: Irene. I'm afraid.
6: You need have no fear. No harm can come to you while I live.
4: I do want to help you, Mr. Saladin. Only listen I... to me one moment,
6: Irene. Of fifty girls who applied for this position, I selected you. I've not told you why.
4: No, I I never could understand. It was for
6: one reason, Irene. You have the little, oh so very little, psychic spark is lacking in all the other ones who came. You do not know it yourself, but Saladin knows. I must use you, but I shall not, unless you consent wholeheartedly.
4: I'll do it, Mr. Saladin.
6: I trust you. You will not lose by it, my child. Look, then, we have a little time. Sit here. <sighs> Sit down to me. So, now we begin... Look into the crystal. Look deep into it, my child. Say over and over to yourself. Early.
4: Early. Early.
6: Early. 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 And seek Eric. out the soul of Ehrlich the Magician Eric. while he sleeps.
4: Eric.
6: Go and find him, Irene. Eric. Find Ehrlich. Find Ehrlich. Search deep in the crystal globe.
4: Ehrlich. Ehrlich.
6: Ehrlich. Ehrlich. Who Eric. calls Ehrlich? It is I, Saladin, that calls Ehrlich. What do you want, Saladine? Saladin. You will tell me where I shall find you, Eric. No. I shall not... You will tell, Eric. No. I am master of your soul that wanders now while your body sleeps, Alec. You will tell me where to find you. I will not... Tell me? No. No. Tell me. In the... Tower. In the... Tower... I will not tell more. You will, Alec. Tell me. In the tower. The highest tower of all. Ah. And where is it, this tower? I will not tell more. I will not. Tell, Alec. I will not. I will not tell. I say you shall, Alec. I will not
3: tell. Beware. Your power wanes now, Saladin. Be
6: sure you will not remember what you have told Alec when you awake. I will remember by the five names I commanded, Alec. You will not remember. I will not remember.
4: Alec. Alec.
6: Awake Alec. Alec. now, Alec. Awake, Awake.
4: Are you all ready now, Mr. Saladin?
6: Just sit quietly and rest, my child. So, Ellie, I think perhaps we shall have a little talk together. LeBlanc in Trip 5. Radio check, please. KCT to LeBlanc in Trip 5 on the line. Okay. LeBlanc to KCT. How are you, Shorty? KCT to LeBlanc. Okay, Frenchie. Who is your pilot today? LeBlanc to KCT. I do not know yet. Charlie Butler is sick all of a sudden. That is what I wait for. KCT to LeBlanc. Better see your records straight before you take off, Frenchie. LeBlanc to KCT. Uh, that is not my business, shopping, my friend. I am just co-pilot. I pull up the landing gear, uh, sometimes land. I just go along for the ride. K.C.T. on the black. Okay, Frenchie. Jazz your motors when your pilot's ready. I'll check you off. That's all, K.C.T. Are you the co-pilot on huh? this trip? Oh, you... You scare me a little bit. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you are a pilot? I am the pilot... Yes. We are ready to take off. We are ready long time. Uh, Your papers are all right? The manifest is all right. Yes. I am uh, Francis Leblanc. Yes. Hmm. Well... LeBlanc. Bye. to KCT. Merci, Chaudi. I I see you Thursday. LeBlanc to KCT. Bye.
3: Happy landings, Frenchy.
6: Oh, pardonne-moi, monsieur. You want to take off, eh? I will take off. Yes. Oui, oui. Voilà. Here. Up here, sir. You have checked everything, LeBlanc. We have checked everything. We are all right. Just long buggy ride. Temps en mail express. Right. How do you like this brain, huh? All right. Excuse me, I, I do not think I catch your name, please. My name is Art, Edward Art. I am pleased to meet you, Monsieur Art. Uh... Oh, you—you you know what? I, I think I remember that name. There was a pilot named Arthur died two weeks ago on east end of the line. Is that so? Oui, it is so. He's a relative of you, Monsieur. No, he is not relative. So, uh, you like me to fly her a little while? No, I am pilot of this ship. I will do the flying.
3: Ciao, Monsieur.
6: Saladin. The very clever Saladin. <laughs> well, I think this time the very clever Saladin has had his last adventure, no? I do not believe you will win, Alec. No. I do, my dear enemy. I have not time now to find how you learned where my laboratory is. But there is time enough for that. It is simple enough, Alec. You talked in your sleep, you see. I remember now. I knew I had dreamed. But I forbade you to remember. Eric. Yeah, well, one little victory. I've waited a long time for this Saladin. Yes, and failed a great many times. I will not fail this time. What is written is written. <laughs> I should be interested in how you caused that airplane to grass yesterday, Alec. Yes. <laughs> It was a simple, Saladin. I am amazed that a man of your attainment... I think I know. Well, I shall show you very soon. You will not tell anyone about it, I think. I wonder. They, they said there was no clue to the crash, Saladin. Yes? Would you like to know how? I think I know. Oh? Well, you too know something of black magic? I know a great deal of black magic, my friend. Shall I show you? Aye. Are are you afraid of snakes, Saladin? No, Eric. Let us see. This bit of paper. Twist it. So. And you see it is for paper, Saladin. But now, look at it. A cobra. You are clever, Eric. But look now. Harmless paper again. (laughs) (laughs) I am not entirely powerless, Alec. Even though my hands are bound. How did you? I thought that only one man in the world... That's I am the man, Alec. Look at the paper closely again. I fear I underestimate. (laughs) You see? It really is the snake, Alec. Curse You... I'll have your heart for that. Perhaps. But perhaps you had better get to your zombies again. Zombies? How did you know? It is possible that I read your mind, Eric. So. Well, you have guessed it. I told that fool Warner that I would smash every one of his planes. Now. Even now he is about to lose another. So? And how do you propose to do it, may I ask? (laughs) Read my mind. Saladin, you challenge me? Yes. Very well, then. I read this. A living dead man is at the controls of the ship you intend to destroy. I do not know how you propose to control him. Ah, radio. So he is to crash the ship full of passengers near an airport where all can see. I wonder... Saladin, until now I have regarded you as a meddler. A man foolishly staking his life against great odds. I am not so sure of the odds now. Saladin, you and I... No, Alec. Between you and me, there can be nothing but enmity. We are set apart to fight one another forever. Between us, we could rule the world. Tomorrow, Saladin. No, between us, there is always war. Well... so be it, then. But look for no mercy from me. I will kill you as I would a rat Saladin. Agreed. If you can. The block in 25. The Blanc in 25. To Chicago. Special weather report, please. The Blanc in 5. Five for Chicago. So, the first contact. That is the ship, then? That is the ship, Yeah. That did not sound like the voice of a zombie addict. No, <laughs> That is Melody Co-Pilot. He does the bidding of my dead man. So, and now a little drama begins. Will you listen? It is your drama? Now, Quite so, my friend. I must get to work. Alec, calling pilot up in Trip 5 back me Airlines. Alec, calling pilot up in Trip 5 back me airline. Art in Trip 5. I hear you. Give your position. Five miles southeast of Chicago. Good. You will do as I tell you. I will do as you tell me. Who is speaking, please? What is enough from you? Be silent. Yes, sir. But you are under pilot out orders, Leblanc. You will do as you are told. Oh, you sacrilegious island! Yes, sir. But yes, sir. Now up. When you arrive above the Chicago airport, you are to circle the field three times full motor. I
3: am to circle
6: the field three
3: times, full motor.
6: And then when I give the word, you are to climb to 2,000 feet. I am to climb to 2,000 feet. And then I will tell you when. You will tell me when. And you will dive the ship, full motor, into the ground in the center of the field. I will dive the ship, full motor, into the center of the field. That is all. Hello, who oh, is it that makes the... That is him. <laughs> you have thought of everything, Eric. <laughs> yes. This pilot, he died two weeks ago. I secured his body. You add grave robbery to your other crimes. But of course. I must have one that was a pilot. And he obeys without question, you see. So far, yes. But you have not one yet. I am close enough, Saladin. I wonder. Hut. Uh, report your position. South west of Chicago Airport. I can see the field. Good. You are ready? I am ready. Your co-pilot? He is here. He will not interfere. <laughs> report when you are over the field. I will report when I am over the field. Alec, what would you do if I told your zombie what to do? What? You have to obey only Alec's commands. I will obey only Alex commands. Do you mind if I talk to him? Go ahead and try. Leblanc. Leblanc. Of course. Do you hear me, Leblanc? I hear you. Est-ce que vous avez un monsieur de serre? De serre, monsieur? De serre, oui. Peut-être, monsieur, mais pourquoi? Stop. What did you say to him, Saladin? Why, you do not speak French, then, eh? I, of course, certainly. Then you know that I asked him merely if there was anything he could do. And he replied that he could not. Of course. Hey, but why did you... I'm afraid that you are about to win, (sighs) Nellie. You admit it, then. I am sorry. It is too late now. It is too late, Saladin. I offered to join forces with you once. But now, I am the master. Art reporting. I am over Chicago Airport now. Good. Begin your circle. I will begin my circles. Now, friend Saladin... We shall see. Perhaps we shall even hear the screams. The dying screams of the passengers in this doomed ship. It is a wonderful invention, this radio. True magic. Yes, it is true magic. You will tell me when you are ready, Eric. I will tell you. Make your circle. I am making a circle. Do they see you on the field below? Many people are coming out. Good. We will give them a show. <laughs> we will give them a show. Le Blanc? Le Oui, monsieur. <laughs> you may speak to him as you wish, Saladin. It is too late now, and he is powerless. Yes, I am afraid so, but... Leblanc, avez-vous de celles? Oui, monsieur. Il y a des petits grays ici de mon déjeuner, mais pourquoi... Écoutez, le pilote, c'est un lucarou. C'est vrai, monsieur, mais... Écoutez let saucer bouche, come There is nothing you can do, Leblanc. Art, are you ready? I am ready. Eat one. Leblanc. Here, Miss Horat, taste a little the salt. Salt? What have you, Miss?
3: Take over, Mr. Leblanc.
6: What? I take over. My work is done.
3: Art, Art,
6: come back. Come back, I say. No. My work for you is done. I go now. I go home. Come back. Come back. Come back, I say. Monsieur, I was just in time, monsieur. So, you did it, eh, Saladin? I did it, yes. So, well, you have beaten me again. But this time, he is really you think, so. you think so? You do not know Eric. I know that. is
3: very oh, poor. You will not be here in the
6: You are too late, gentlemen. I doubt that even Eric could survive a 40 story fall. for no, story. Monsieur, where are you, monsieur? Where are you? I am here, Dugon. What happened? Monsieur, when I did put the sword on his clip, so you will tell me if why she did say to me. Take over. Yes, we heard yes. him. Is the plane all right? It is under control. I, I am certainly. Where is off? Where is the pilot? I do not know. He has the seat
3: that went up. I'm huh? a one. So, is not fine. Le Bon, what is it? It is a cabin door. Someone has opened it. Huh? Ah! Le Bon, what happened? Monsieur, the bloody in your is falling. He is going to land on the long runway. Oh.
6: Le Bon. Is your plane still all right? Yes. I am all right. But I... I cannot let now. You... You, understand? I, I I... will circle until I contact the control tower. Of course, Lebron. What is happening on the field? People are running out to the... Oh. Okay, I... I... Quick, Leblanc, What is it? I do not believe what my eyes see. That broken, dead body on the runway. Every bone in it must be smashed, but... But, yes, the no. What is it? The body, monsieur. It is crawling to the cemetery that stands beside the field. All right. You can turn them on now. You have just heard lights out. In tonight's cast, you heard Everett Clark as Saladin. Tony Parrish as Alec, Meg Hahn as Irene, Duke Watson as Mr. Warner, Boris Aflon as Ott, Nathan Davis as LeBlanc, and Ernest Andrews as the radio operator.
0: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night is Sherlock Holmes, followed by The Whistler. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.